Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your favorite host, Robert Hunt, where I look at the week's financial news that can be a bit confusing, misleading, and take you off course, and I help to make it actionable, understandable, and clear. What a week. What a show. As requested by many of you, we are going to be talking about bond yields and interest rates. So at the top, there's an article titled Higher Bond Yields Likely to Extend Fed Rate Pause. So we're going to start there. Second article is a warning and a sad tale headlined in CNBC how the 77-year-old widow lost her life savings in a tech scam. She realized she'd been defrauded of everything. And then in closing, I fight irrelevance. That's right. You may have thought I don't have to fight that at all, but believe it or else, I do. Article in Bloomberg, headlined, Offering 5% Returns, Financial Advisors Fight Irrelevance. I bought it. I, I succumbed to the clickbait. How could I not take on the challenge uh, of these two journalists? So at the beginning here, Wall Street Journal, Nick Timiarios, Greek perhaps, Headline, higher bond yields likely to extend Fed rate pause. Huh. Okay, well, let's figure out what they mean by that. So when they say these bond yields, they're talking about a 10-year bond and a 30-year U.S. Treasury bond. So the short-term rates, this Fed fund rates that the Federal Reserve uses with other banks to charge them for money, it has an indirect effect on these longer-term rates. Okay, so you may see that in the news that, hey, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates. But sometimes when they raise interest rates, those rates are actually above, and they currently are above the long-term rates. So we had this thing called an inverted yield curve. Very fancy. But what we need to know is, okay, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? Well, what this article implies is that it could be that the Federal Reserve can stop hiking rates because these longer-term debt instruments, the U.S. 10-year Treasury is at 4.7% today. So that's the higher that goes. To give you a little perspective, in, in April it was about 3.3, the beginning of April of this year. So we're down at 4.7. That's a pretty big move, pretty quick. What could happen is that as those longer-term bond yields increase, it actually is going to do the Fed's job for it, which is to slow down economic conditions and slow down inflation. So, what does that mean for you and me? Well, as an investor, and this has happened to me, I guess, a couple times in the past week, where folks have said, all right, what am I doing? Why don't I just become a bond investor? So this never used to happen to me. I don't think I've ever had anyone ping me or call me and say, hey, I want to be a bond investor. I don't think that's happened in seven years. But it's happening, and I only have anecdotal data, but I suspect this is happening with a lot of financial advisors and a lot of individual investors. They're looking at the available options to them, and you have these short-term 
yield vehicles. If you're an investor, you want to put your money at interest. Vanguard's money market earns 5.3% today. It's one of the best. But that's short term. As interest rates lower, that'll lower with it. If you purchase a 10-year U.S. Treasury at 4.7, you get that for a decade. Now, the value of your bond could go up or down based on interest rates moving up or down. But you get to lock in these higher rates. So that's what's causing some of these investors to say, wait just a second, if I can get a guaranteed 4.7, what does that mean? The 30-year, I just checked it, it's at 4.8. Hmm. So again, people are wondering, well, do I need to be investing in anything other than bonds or cash? Or can I just not invest as much in stocks? And will this work out well for me as an investor? I don't know, investor. I am curious myself. And a lot of it depends on what happens with interest rates. So it's not without risk. So let's say you decide you want to purchase your 10-year your U.S. Treasury. If interest rates increase further from here, the value of your bond will go down. If interest rates decrease from here, the value of your bond will go up. Well, why is that? Okay. Well, if you lock in on the 30-year treasury, 4.868%, which is what it is right now as we record this, and interest rates go up, well, that means your bond isn't going to be worth as much because people are actually locking in higher interest rates. And that means people are going to not be as interested in your 4.8 if, it, if it's trading. If there's a 5.3% 30-year, your bond is going to adjust its price to yield that. And conversely, if yields go lower and you're sitting pretty at this 4.872%, then the value of your bond will go up. Now, I don't expect those of you who are new to this to just <clears throat> absorb this all immediately, but I hope it makes more sense to you when people start talking about interest rates and uh, the impact. And so what, what happens broadly across all investors is they begin to start to ask themselves, well, why don't I just not take risk? Why am I um, putting money in stocks or in real estate or in any sort of business when I can just park money at a default risk zero investment like the 30-year treasury, the 10-year treasury. Well, I'd say it's, it's, it's permissible. I think you could. It's important you think of it in a broader financial plan and over a 50-year time period. So while that may sound good today, and it may be, I would ensure that whatever you're doing this with, whatever kind of money you're doing this with, you've got a real clear plan because interest rates could drop back down. In that sense, great. The bonds would do well. But they could also go up. And when we look at the big chart, the real big chart, the 200-year chart, that's right. The Robert Hunt Financial Market Update, we're breaking out the 200-year chart. From 1801 to 2021, $1 invested into stocks turned into $2.3 million. $1 invested into long-term bonds, that's what I'm talking about, 10 and 30, turned into $2,100. $1 invested into short-term debt bills turned into $245. And 
And again, this is over. This is from 1801 to 2021. One dollar invested into gold turned into four bucks, and one dollar put under your mattress by your great 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 grandfather turned into four cents. So inflation is a bear. So you've got to look at those big charts too sometimes and not get so excited about chasing a yield. It may be the right fit for you. I think in many instances it is, but let's not go overboard. Let's not get too excited. It's just a bond. It's just a yield. Uh, Next, fraud, elder fraud. CNBC article, how this 77-year-old widow lost $661,000 in a common tech scam. Her quote was, I realized I'd been defrauded of everything. I hate seeing these stories, and yet I think it's important to learn from. So this Marjorie Bloom in the spring of 2021 waited for a phone call that never came. She is a widow who ended up liquidating her nest egg, saving stocks and annuity for a total of $661,000. This is supposed to be preventative. Someone called her as an investigator who uh, told her that criminals had stolen her personal data and were in the process of taking all of her life savings. And to protect her money, she needed to move it quickly and covertly, divulging the problem to no one, even her three children, who could compromise their efforts. Okay, bing, 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 big red flag. It is easy to read these articles and think, oh, I could, that can never happen to me. I can never do that. Well, I think we're a great deal more capable of falling for these frauds than we think. So had she alerted any of her children, one of her daughters actually is the deputy managing editor for one of CNBC's series, the Make It series. So financially astute children, but this fraudster, quote-unquote investigator, told her, don't tell anyone. That'll mess up the whole process. When anyone tells you that, I was sitting um, with a child at the time when I was rehearsing what articles I would go over and Immediately, the thought crossed in my, my mind. Yeah, whenever someone says, hey, don't ever tell your parents. Eh, some red, red flags should go off. In the same way, don't ever tell your children when you're older. Eh, beware. And so this is just tragic. She ended up liquidating everything in crypto. So cryptocurrency. They would have put it in some crypto deal. And uh, it's gone. It's gone. So this person said they were an employee of a bank. This lady eventually calls the bank, finds out, oh, we have no such employee. And all this money that had been put into uh, crypto, which just sounds crazy, I recognize, but when you're fearful, so fear and greed can drive us. Fear was at play for this lady, Marjorie Bloom, a retired civil servant. She eventually just gave into everything. So... Checks and balances are so helpful. So in this instance, she was a widow. So you just, uh, it kind of makes you even more mad at this fraudster. But be willing to have other people on your accounts if you're older. If you have a trusted child, put them on the account. This is also, I think, a reason to have a financial advisor. And now this, I mean, I can't imagine 
if Marjorie Bloom had a financial advisor, even one of the ones that charges an AUM fee. Wouldn't that have been worth it? That advisor would have made their fee up and more, even if they charged you 1%. They would have at least said, oh, wow, you're pulling all your money for what? To throw it into a crypto account for a supposed bank employee that says you're getting defrauded? Hold up. So put structures in place so that even if you do, are convinced that you're supposed to do this certain thing with your money, you at least have another set of eyes on it. Now, that takes humility. They can also be difficult in certain family situations, but and it may not be that you do it with your children. You could do it perhaps with someone else you trust, but you don't want to operate in isolation with your finances. So it says nearly 18,000 Americans aged 60 and over report being a victim of tech support scams in 2022. That's more than any other type of elder fraud, almost double from 2020. Victims 60 and older lost more to these scams than all other groups combined, okay? The average person lost 33 grand. The losses extend over a million in some cases. So with this sweet lady, she had one of those pop-up screens on Microsoft and she called it. And uh, a Microsoft engineer said she was being hacked. This lady told the engineer she was with a bank and wouldn't you know it. He put her in touch with this bank employee that really wasn't. So they're, use, they're able to take advantage of older folks who maybe aren't thinking through this clearly. And all of us can fall prey to this, particularly as we age. So let's be willing to create structures so that when this happens, we are prepared. Because it's. I think it's... The amount of fraud is just, it's nauseating, but I just don't see it going away. Because these are folks typically in other countries. Okay, and in closing, I fell for this clickbait title. Headline, offering 5% returns, financial advisors fight irrelevance. What? Claire Valentin and Suzanne Woolley. About a third of U.S. investors use a financial planner. I thought that was interesting. That struck me as high. Though, for those with more than a million bucks in investable asset, the figure jumps to 70%, according to a recent Northwestern Mutual survey, or as I like to call them, the Whole Life Pushers Survey. But it's an aging field. Just 29% of advisors who have taken the courses and tests needed to earn the CFP title are under the age of 40. More than 45% are 50 or older. Okay, so this article gives this kind of doomsday, like, all the advisors are aging out. What are we going to do? You're going to be just fine. Don't you worry. So what these authors are saying is that financial advisors haven't had any competition because they've had to work at finding adequate investments. Whereas today, an investor can just put their money at 5%. That is true. And not think about it. Ah. Um, so this is great. Of course, I'm an advisor who thinks people should have advisors. Investing isn't as easy as it looks on TikTok or Instagram, say some of these advisors. Planners can help through things like uh, health savings accounts, 401ks, Rawls, 529s. I think that's good. That's good. Um, and I think uh, the illusion that what a financial advisor's job is is to simply locate the highest return investment and promote it to the client, that 
is a throwback to 1982. So now we know that advisors actually don't have that ability. If an advisor could simply find you the investment that would return the highest return over the next 10 years and, and recommend it to you and then go off into the distance, uh, yeah, like that would be great. That's not how it works. As you know, our friends over at the Spiva Report have shown that advisors are unable to pick funds that will do well over a 15-year period, and the active fund managers lose 95% of the time to the index fund. So we have progressed as a financial society, and we've realized, huh, the investment piece has been commodified. Now, learning how to actually choose which investment piece, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's not so easy. I don't care who you are. I think uh, that can be a, a tall task for anyone because it takes a little more than just knowing the math. You've got to believe it and then have the emotional fortitude and psychological steel. Stick with it. But for those that do think, hey, look, uh, if my inv- my advisor's job is to find me good investments and now the bank offers me 5%, I don't need any more, you may be right. If that's what you thought an advisor did, then sure. Just park it in a money market fund and be done. But my experience has shown the advisor does far more than that. The advisor, a good one, may need to tell you that, you know what, you don't even need to be investing in financial assets. You may need to be investing in your business or in yourself or in real estate or some other hard asset that you're good at investing in. Not everyone is a candidate for index funds. I think the vast majority are. But what a financial advisor can do is help you identify your giftedness and interest and your aptitudes. And with doing that, then can set you on a course for whether you should be investing in the market or not. So take heart, RHF listener. Financial advisors are still needed until, of course, general artificial intelligence is developed and the singularity hits and then we will be no longer needed until that day. Keep those costs low. Keep that investing simple and keep that time horizon long because that's what's going to give you the best shot on your investing business.